The Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. We're going back to back. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas, and uh, who might you be, other voice? <laughs> I'm your producer, Matt Duncan. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome. Um, Matt, if people wanted to, you know, find us uh, yeah. and, and they're just hearing us somehow without finding us right now, where might they find us? Where, where do they need to look on the internet? You want to go to dunkspodcast.com. That's the easiest way to get to all the links. They're on the right for iTunes and Stitcher. You can listen on our website too if you want. It's a little bit ghetto, but, you know, if, you, if, that's, your, if that's the way you like to drink your tea, that's the way you drink your tea. That's um, right. Some but, people <laughs> chug their tea. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we've got Spotify and Player FM and uh, YouTube and all that, that stuff. Uh, all the good You know, stuff. we're you on know Instagram. You FM, you're in it. Yeah, yeah. You know, Player FM, really slick interface. Uh, you know, it's got a bit of an angel fire feel to it. But uh, you know what? People like it. And Matt, if people, you know, if let's say you're walking outside and the rest of your body is fully warm and nice, but all of a sudden you feel like your head's like freezing, you know, and, and maybe, you know, your brain might freeze and you're scared about the temperature of your head. What might you do? Well, you're going to want something that doesn't itch. That's the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the second thing you want to cross off is obviously you want to buy a toque Confederacy of Dunks anti-itching toque. Okay. You got you long hair. Head, you got no hair, head, no itch. <laughs> If your head is cold, you need a hat that doesn't itch. All right, you want to you want to you want to solve you want to have a hat that doesn't itch before you have a hat that's warm. And that's where Beautiful. we start. That is the ground right. floor for Confederacy of Dunks Tukes. And uh, you never know, maybe maybe we'll add a scarf to the mix too. Yeah, you there know? was some talk about There's scarves talk, today, yeah. so we'll see what happens, you know. Yeah. Um no promises, just kidding. I promise all the listeners very shortly, we're going to have fully branded Confederacy of Dunks scarves. They're going to be wonderful. They're going to be, they're, they're going to be selling like hotcakes. Be ready for so, July. Yeah. yeah. So July, <laughs> August, when it gets piping hot, we're going to, we're going to roll out those scarves. You're going to love it. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and Matt, if people, if they want to support us and help us be like the Indian independent podcasters, we already are, Yeah. you know, but just like slightly more comfortable. Like if they want to say Freddie and Matt deserve to be in an Aston Martin, you yeah. know, in like Northern Scugog, like racing on empty, you know, farm streets or did stuff you just, like that. Yeah. The, yeah. Something uh, on that side of the scale or just on the other side where it's to help us, you know, uh, get this podcast uh, going and, uh, you know, be able to invest in some other things to make it better. Uh, go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash dunks podcast. Yeah, there's different tiers there, and you'll get a shout-out on the show if you do the cheapest one. And then, uh, you know what? If you go a little higher, you might get some hot sauce. hey Freddie made called uh, uh, Gasol's... Mark's Rosé. Rosé. <laughs> Mark's Rosé and basketball. I totally bones. forgot what it was called. 
It's okay. Uh, it's yeah. my hot Mark's sauce. Rose. That's a weird, dumb name. Um, so uh, I think I think before we uh, lead into the guests here, yeah. I just want to kind of take a moment and say that a super duper friend of the podcast, uh, Catherine Niker, has started her own podcast she called has. Kathy Buckets. Yeah, uh, she's amazing. It's uh, her talking about basketball. Um, we're all basketball junkies. Find that podcast. Listen to the podcast. Rate it. Yeah. Subscribe. ITunes. Help her out. Yeah. This is how we get over, you know, all the slights we get as Raptors fans. Yeah. We support our local people, right? Absolutely. Um, so that was me being like genuine. And then I just happened to look at myself in the mirror and I judge the shit out of myself. <laughs> but all jokes aside, check out Catherine's podcast. Help yeah. her out. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess let's get popping on this, uh, this episode. Um, I, uh, we, we got two guests for you, uh, Katie Heindel, who has been working with the Raptors and covering them for the whole month of February. So I talked to her, uh, second and just ask her basically everything that came to my head about the Raptors and about all-star weekend, which she covered, uh, you know, she was so great, gracious and as always has a, an amazing perspective, uh, Jared Campbell was the first guest. Jared works on a vet class. So obviously he's got, you know, he's privy to a bunch of stuff. We are not uh, he's a yeah. really, really funny guy and super duper uh, Raptors and basketball fans. So he was awesome. And uh, we dig into the, what about scarves a little bit, obviously. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, uh, I hope everyone enjoys the pod. Enjoy. Well, uh, welcome. This is uh, this is our uh, first guest. Uh, he's been on the podcast before. Um, Jared Campbell, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. How you doing, Matt? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. Good, good. Thanks for having me back, guys. No problem, buddy. We're all mm. doing good. You know, doing well. I think last time I was there, we drank wine. Yeah, we did, yeah. yeah. We drank some wine. Might have had some beer. I know. Um, Matt's usually pushing the creme de menthe. I don't know if you had any of that. What is that? <laughs> it's really gross. It's, it's like a, a very, bottle yeah. of like Jolly Rancher alcohol. <laughs> oh, okay. That sounds all right. You just got to have it on the bar, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, let's, uh, let's get cracking here. Did you see the massive win yesterday, buddy? I did. I did, man. That was something to behold. 46 points franchise record. Um yeah, like what? What even is a takeaway from a game like that? Like it's uh, it's such uh, well, a thorough I, giant beatdown that it's kind of like where do you? I, I think that that's the type of game that shows the championship pedigree. Like I, because at the very beginning I was watching, uh, and I said to who I was with, I was like, I think the Raptors were up thirteen to three or something, sixteen to three or something at the beginning of the game, and I was like. In typical Raptors fashion, they will win this game, but it will get close. Like, this won't be a beatdown right. all the way through. And then they kept it all the way through. There wasn't even really a moment where there was even a worry. And it's just like, right now, they just, they're such a well-oiled machine, man. Like, everybody is doing their job and doing it well. And it's just, I mean, over the course of the last couple of month, months, obviously, we've been riddled with injuries. But seeing... Now, even with like Norm out still and Mark out, that these these young guys like I I, I just love and even like Hollis Jefferson, like everybody's just doing their part right now, and it's so Man, fun R to watch. R H J, well-rounded team. He's been amazing. Like I think fantastic. 
I mean, I was excited when we got him in the offseason, but I didn't want to get too excited, obviously, because, you know, we lost Kawhi, so I didn't want to be like, yeah, I'm jacked about Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. But I did yeah. think he could, you know, be a meaningful defensive kind of like fit on this team. And I think he's really found his – he's really found, like, I think his most useful look on this team as a small ball center. Well, 100%. And I think that – Here's the thing. I think that with the makeup of this team now and the way that it's built is it's kind of an easy team to find your place in and to play your role because everybody you're coming into a system that is so strong and it's been built like over the course of a handful of years now by Masai. And and now, first of all, Nick, we can talk about him after Nick Nurse, I think is the most brilliant coach as well oh, um, I mean, that goes without saying but i think that the whole system right now really lends itself to a guy especially a role player coming in and finding their place because if you don't find your place there is no place for you on that team like it's not a team that you know you're not we have enough guys to play that you're gonna you're gonna lose minutes if you don't buy in and uh when you do buy in it's fucking fun Oh man, uh, what, what was your favorite moment from last night? As far as like, you know, the oh, it's got like, the lamb's leg blowing up. Oh no! No, I'm no just God! No, no, man, oh just my God! No, no, no! It's terrible! It's terrible! I'm not. I'm not Wait, I'm that happy actually... happy. I was just fascinated by that. It, it like when I was reading it today, I'm like, it, it's every part of his leg. It's, yeah, uh, it looked awful, and like oh, I tried it was to terrible. avoid. No, no, it was terrible. I don't. I usually avoid watching injuries, but. Yeah, I, I well, saw. I was it. watching it live, so and then I, I watched it. Yeah, I did watch it two or three times in a row, and it was pretty gross. So, anyways, I I didn't think it would be as bad as it was. He probably shouldn't have been putting any weight off of it as he was I, walking off. But I know he, well, he shot the free throws too, and I was like, oh man, yeah, like, he should. That looked he, awful. He shouldn't have done any of that. So I yeah. hope that he'll be fine. He's shut down now for the season, obviously. But but wait, I was actually going to ask you, what was your favorite stop? Stop! He's already dead moment. But I feel like that's. The actual answer. Is I think that something that's bad. That <laughs> <laughs> like something actually bad and not not embarrassing. Something truly not good. But I'm gonna. I'll say that the obvious thing is the, um, you know, being up by 25 and Lowry still taking charges. Oh, um, okay. That that to me wasn't the obvious thing. I thought I was giving you. I was gonna pick something else, but I thought you were gonna go first to Matt Thomas hitting like five threes yeah, in the, yeah, in the fourth quarter. Like that's like come on. Because I love Matt Thomas, and actually I love that the whole team is unrelenting. And but again, we they're all hungry. We don't have a history of of locking these games up. Like when mm-hmm. I say that, but by like twenty points, like we that gap always ends up getting close. So. I I love uh, seeing them actually step on the throat and do that. So uh, it's it seeing guys like Matt Thomas, and he's a guy that will, I think, play that role very well in the postseason. Exactly what you saw that they're coming in as kind of a shutdown shooter. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like it, it, it's really looking like we are as much of a Swiss Army knife as we've ever been. Like, this team is oh, just yeah. fantastic. I really um, like, I mean, the fact that we have such versatility at the in, in, for the big spots is crazy to me. Like, that Boucher has been as good as he has been. Uh, I mean, you, there's really not a player on the team that you can take anything away from right now. Everybody has earned their minutes, and everybody, again, knows their place. And when Gasol comes back, their minutes will thin out again. But... It's uh, everybody's been doing exactly what they've been asked to and more. So that, you know, everybody's going to get paid back. Everybody's going to get that come playoff time. They're all going to see their hard work pay off, and and we're we're seeing it obviously as a unit. So yeah, it's a fun year, man. It's a super it fun is. year. Um, okay, let me ask you. 
I got to ask you a couple questions about a vet class. Like, I'm already giddy. So <laughs> can, can I just fire away? Yeah, sure. Okay, so, you know, first of all, uh, for anyone listening to this podcast, um, Jared is a producer on the uh, Serge Ibaka show, Avec Class. So I guess, like, you know, just like, so I cover a couple bases here, like, how did that, how did that even kind of get started for you? Like, did you, did, did you uh, run into Serge on the street? Like, no, no, no. You know what I mean? Like, but uh, no, I don't even, I, even after, like, I've worked with him, uh, a bunch of times now and I, I bet he still doesn't know my name but um oh i'm sure he does i'm sure he does. <laughs> that guy's hilarious and no, he's so funny he's so not, it just happened with um uh, uninterrupted the guys that are doing it are an awesome company which obviously has started in the states lebron james uh his whole company that kind of runs on the initiative of uh more than an athlete and that's kind of like they try to like showcase the other side of the athlete and uh that's where the shop originated right so right, right. Um, it kind of opens up just a different dialogue, and within that space, there's there, you can create such cool, cool stuff, and they have such great access. So, anyways, like a guy that I know and had worked with before on some stuff, he ended up purchasing the company with Drake. They they bought the Canadian side of it, and then uh, so I'd already been kind of working with him on a couple things, and then uh, this started, and I started working on some uninterrupted stuff, and then. Uh, the documentary, Serge's documentary was kind of the first thing that they rolled out. And then from there, uh, it was, it was, uh, a, a class, but they had plans for that class for a while. So oh, I was brought cool. in, in the beginning stages of it. And, um, it's been really cool to kind of be there from the beginning and see it develop. And then obviously uh, we knew it was going to be successful just because of, uh, like how much of a personality surges and how good, mm-hmm. how hungry are you did. So, yeah. uh, this was kind of a no-brainer for them to roll out, and it's, I mean, it's been great now. It's been a lot of fun, and obviously, you've seen, like, the, uh, you've seen it trend a lot, so oh, it's been pretty oh. cool. We'll go there, baby. Um, yeah. So, so, were you, so are you, like, kind of a, is your job there, are you, like, are you the punch-up guy, or are you, like, well, like, hey, we need a funny person here? It started, so it's just kind type of thing de- development with them, so I was working on a bunch of different aspects of it, and then I was originally there to like write funny questions because right. we were trying to feel out the format of the show and uh you know as we as you we went with it it ends up being more and more just kind of surges voice than anything yeah. else so uh and i've just kind of been on the floor so when i say producer it's like floating like i've helped with writing produce like every kind of aspect it's like a really good team together and the guys that are filming it are the same guys that filmed how hungry are you so he's already got a lot of trust within most of the creative cool. there so it's pretty uh pretty chill and uh it's been yeah it's been a good experience man yeah that's that's actually uh interesting you say it's like it's it's really chill because i think the average fan looks at at something like this and they're like hold hold on so you know this guy's in the middle of an nba season he's a really important player on a team Mm -hmm. he's having an incredible year you know he's coming out with a doc documentary uh, you know, just he's a, he's a crazy busy guy. He's doing a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. um, and the show's good. It's fun, so it's kind of like, is this like, this all has to happen in in this amount of hours type thing on this day, or is it kind of like, hey, we gotta just go with Serge's schedule? Um, well, yeah, no, it's it's a hundred percent around his schedule, and because it's not just him, but you're done with other athletes at the same time. It's very much, um, 
like you can have an entire day set to shoot and it, it can go away and like you, right. you can find that that day that's not happening um right. because they do have such a demanding schedule and so yeah it's really it's based on uh when are you in town when is your guest in town um so far it's just been raptors but it's not just going to be raptors at all moving mm-hmm. forward so um yeah very much just the athlete schedule itself when you're filming anything in season is uh it's all over the place and you absolutely have to work around that Okay, well, um, it's going to get a bit dumber now. What's the food <laughs> like? Is it good? Because, like, how hungry are you? You know what I mean? I, I know set life is a little bit different. But it's like, <laughs> what's going on with the food? There's not – well, here's the thing. There's, there hasn't been uh, too much so far. Oh, really? Is so, it, like, it, pure well, guerrilla film style? Like, kind hey, of. Well, because, again, no it has food. to it, – it, there is a time crunch on it. It is right. done – um, pretty quickly, it's filmed uh, at Holt Renfrew. So it's filmed, uh, they have like blocked off some hours at a certain time to be That's there. That's awesome. And to do that. Yeah. So it's pretty, it's not like you're not hanging out on set all day. Right. So it's not, it's not a hurry up and wait scenario. It's like hurry up and hurry up because we're at Holt Renfrew and yeah, Ibaka it, and the other famous with, people. It's all about going in with just a clear game plan and being able to yeah. execute it like very quick. And it's simple because so far, especially um the, the the whole thing about it the beauty of it is we're just kind of showcasing a chemistry that already exists with teammates and with friends so it's like you go up he's got the basic structure i mean this, this fashion is a passion of his and everything so none of this is forced mm-hmm. and uh it's very very loosely uh it, we just kind of guide the narrative it's not actually scripted or anything all the way down to the to the word i mean this is just surge being surged with his friends Right. Okay. So this brings us to the obviously, you know, super viral moment that produced I Do Art and obviously this whole kind of like scarf craze and, you know, even just like chumps like the Hornets trying to also do the scarf thing. And like, it's really, you know, it's a big deal. Like, I think it's like in a lot of ways, it's kind of like the biggest meme of the Raptor season, I would say so far. Um, And uh, yeah, so like how... Like uh, that seemed pretty organic. Surge seemed pretty actually mad. Um, so, well, what like being there? You know, did, like was it kind of like a, did it take a couple takes? Was that the one take? Was well, Surge me, a ten out of ten anger, or was this like he's having fun, but he is actually mad too? Um, well, let me say that I had to leave right before I had to go do a show that night, so I wasn't on set for that moment. Oh. Um, but I, um, but no, I know all about like it was, it was completely organic. It was 100%. Um, that was OG just being a troll. Which, yeah, he just trolled them so hard. Evident. And I didn't realize like I, I think everybody there got more out of the, um, out of him than you expected to in terms of like personality and character. I mean, it was so funny, but that was all uh, like completely. Uh, natural and organic exchange, and he did, I think, genuinely get under Surge's skin there for a bit. So that's why, and again, that that was so easy to capture and stuff because those guys are already coming into that with that relationship. So after something like that big, mm-hmm. you know, in this kind of like weird viral world we're living in, is it kind of like? okay, holy shit, this is massive. We should maybe change the show to, like, what about scarves? Or, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, cause, or is it just like, no, let's just keep doing what we're doing. More, you know, in, uh, more huge moments like this are just going to happen. 
Yeah, yeah. I think it's just, I think you just definitely keep doing what you're doing and just ride the the wave of not necessarily the scarf itself, but just like the popularity of that segment just brings more people in. The cool thing about that show is that you're getting uh, people that enjoy sports as well as people that enjoy fashion right in the middle, right? right so you're, yeah. you're, you're kind of like, you're catering to a very wide demographic with it, but with something like that, when that stuff goes viral, you're bringing in a lot of eyes and a lot of people that aren't necessarily looking at it or finding it through a basketball standpoint. So it's not about, I think, beating to death the one concept or the one mm-hmm. that came out of it, but it's about absolutely riding the wave of the energy that that produced. Right, just having faith that, that it's like, this is awesome. This just happened because we're having fun and like, yeah, there, exactly. there's more to come. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I think that um, what we've seen so far, um, like just out of the beginning, is that just with who Serge is, his personality and what he brings out in people, you're always going to find something like that. You're always going to find something. I mean, like in that case, obviously, OG was hilarious and that was unexpected, but I think the more it's interesting when you put people like that on camera and they're comfortable with the person that they're talking to, because then they do open up a bit and you will find things in people that you didn't know were there because most of the times you're, what you're getting from them is incredibly packaged, right? Whether it's like a press conference or a post game interview, like it's, it's, it's work, work, work. And this mm-hmm. I think removes them from work. They don't feel like they're working when they're there. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you one more Avec class, uh, class question, and then I'm gonna, we're going to try and blaze through some quickish questions super fast before we let you go. Sound good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So last Avec class question is, uh, yeah, I just want to know if there's, this is kind of just like, uh, like opening it up to you. Like, is there anything that you feel like you just have to share about the experience that, that you wouldn't be able to share otherwise? Like this, I had no idea surge is blank or I had no idea this um no i don't know if there's anything i should like there, I, I would just say that i'm surprised in person with like how affable these guys are and how much personality they truly have. i know this isn't like a fucking hot bit or anything to mm-hmm. to share but i think that it's hot pretty, take these guys got charm <laughs> yeah it's just yeah. I, what i like with these dudes no but it, it's it's cool to see them versus i'll say like perhaps like hockey players or something like that. There is a lot of fucking personality here and you can tell that there's a whole interesting life behind these guys when they talk to you. And I've, I've found that it's kind of refreshing. You know what I mean? Yeah, to, totally. To speak with them and like to see the other, like again, like literally the other side of the athlete. Um, but, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I have anything juicy that I should be sharing no, that's or, good. or even have. Listen, listen, there's going to be more what about scarves moments, more shit's going to happen. Yeah. Um, okay, let's let's get dumb here for a sec. Um, Matt, do you want to do some quickish questions? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, uh, the, your voice sounded like it came out of a tube. I know. Um, <laughs> He's so <tired>. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me with that uh, quickish question sting. Quickish Okay, Jared, you've uh, you've played this before. Um, I'm looking at my timer. I have less than uh, like basically two minutes and forty five seconds. I'm gonna blaze through as many questions as I can get, and then we're gonna let you go. 
Okay. Are um, these like one word answers? or what Yeah, you just answer as quick as you possibly can. Okay. Um, okay, here we go. Uh, this one's coming from Kevin. Would you keep Surge in the starting lineup when Mark comes back? Yes. Okay. Come from Thomas. How many minutes should Terrence Davis get to play in the playoffs? 20. Coming from Kevin. What are some first drafts of wacky coaching strategies that Nick Nurse didn't end up trying? Um, <laughs> pass. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, I like the pass. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. I didn't know how to answer. I, I feel like there's a time crunch. I'm like, no, this is great. This, I mean, I should. Okay, okay. Um, my box and no one. Yeah, box and no one. Yeah, just four people on the floor. Okay, this one's coming from Jonathan. It was revealed that during the MLB offseason, Madison Bumgarner was uh, was entering and winning rodeo competitions under an assumed name. Which NBA player can you picture doing something like this? Uh, and, and, and what would be their uh, offseason activity? And what would their assumed name be? I could see Big Baby Davis bobbing for apples at a county fair. <laughs> so wait, just, what, that's the best, most confident, comfortable answer ever yeah. on Quickish Questions. Wait, what, so wait, what's his bobbing name like? Do you know what bobbing for apples is? I do. No, so is yeah. he Big Baby Bob Davis? Oh, bi- yeah, Big Big Bobbing Davis. Yeah, bi- Big Big Bobbing Davis. Big Bobbing Davis is fighting, fighting, fighting red apples in half. <laughs> Okay. Um, There's another one from Jonathan. Uh, Which NBA player slash prospect will pull a Reese McGuire next preseason in the parking lot of the Halifax Dollarama? Maybe not the exact same indiscretion, but what other bad decision will they make? Which player will they make? I'm going to say that we're going to find Zion Williamson injecting baby's hormones into his knees <laughs> <laughs> okay okay we got two more here um this one's coming from jacob are there any plans to create avec class style videos for other raptors players um there's gonna be a ton of uh, different things coming i am sure of it they won't be exactly event class but yeah there's gonna be a lot of content sweet okay last question uh We've heard so much about the Confederacy of Dunks toques. Uh, this is for Matt as well. But what about Confederacy of Dunks scarves? Any plans for scarves? I don't think there's a plan for it, but I think that if they're sleeping, you shouldn't. Right? Yeah. Get um, them done. Yeah, get them done, Matt. Because again, to get scarves, scarves are hot right now, but also, you know, it's warming up. Right? Yeah. We might have to People think about it. Fall scarves. Yeah, fall scarf. Scarf. Yeah, I think I'll- so. And we'll do our classic non-itchy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no itch. Uh, okay, Jared, um, I know you got to go. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, is there anything that, uh, you know, besides the vet class that you, you just want to plug before you head out? Um, I don't have anything. No, I don't, I'm not going to plug anything. I'll say this. Um, Tuesday, we got the Bucks. Um, when does this air? Tomorrow. This is going to it's gonna air tomorrow morning. So, yeah, but people are going to say a bit of a Bucks preview. So Okay. Um, hit me up. Hit me up. I I just think that uh, I I can't wait to. I'm I'm very interested. I think that the big gap right now, obviously, I mean the Giannis. I don't think anyone's going to touch the Bucks, but I really really like how we match up or against the rest of their team at the moment. So I want to. I'm I'm curious to see what what we're going to do now because I think that we're. Uh, I know this sounds silly, but I think we've matured even now from the last time that we faced them. I, I totally, I totally agree. They, they actually, um, the reporter asked 
Nick Nurse, um, you know, what it would be like playing the Bucks, considering we played them such a long time ago mm-hmm. um, or such a long time ago in the season, like for them too, you know? Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm excited for the rest of the season. And I love what you guys are doing over there. Hey. Uh, yeah, thanks you know, for having me. Thanks, dude. man. Buddy, it. thanks for, thanks for, you know, being you. Thanks for uh, Yvette class and whatever else is in the pipeline. Like, yeah. it's the best time to be a Raptors fan ever, okay? I'll say it. I'll say it, it every should, damn it is, day. I lived through the Bargnani era, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Life is good. Rosho Nesterovic, baby. I met Rosho. my guy. Did you? Yeah, I saw him in a storage locker. And he was Did like, he hello. He just yeah. said, hello. He's just guy. fucking bending a bike around his neck. <laughs> yeah, he was bending metal. <laughs> so, all right, bro. Yeah, all right, man. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks for doing it, buddy. Have a good all one. Right. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, guest number two. Um, I'm very, very, very excited to have her back. Uh, give it up for uh, Katie Heindel. How you doing, Katie? I'm good. I don't get any music. I just realized I said give it up, <laughs> but I didn't tell you that your music's going to be like part of the lead-in, but I think Matt's okay. playing it anyways. <laughs> okay. So basically, <laughs> you get music. You might even get it twice. If you listen That's to good. Well, you know, I'm used to that as my yeah. signal. It's like really Pav- Pavlovian to me. <laughs> and I think for me too, like because I, I realized that I was just – supposed to start in the conversation but then i said mm-hmm. give it up and i was yeah. like give it up i know i give it, it up. i had my finger on the button when you said that i was like oh here we go see we're all okay you know uh let's let's transition right into that that wild uh pacers game um all of our players like have a Pavlovian work ethic how about that is that a, is that a transition <laughs> really hanging out yeah. on the Pavlovian uh Barely. They're Pavlovian um, <laughs> with the Pacers and like tearing them apart. Right? Yeah. Um, like, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Jared, which is like in The Simpsons, uh, there's this like, stop, stop, he's already dead moment meme where <laughs> like the person, like, it's just the fight's not fair. For you, <laughs> what was that moment where you were like, oh my goodness, like, this game has mm-hmm. gone too far? Probably when Matt Thomas started hitting all of his shots. Yes. Um, and though, even though I loved it because I feel very attached to him right now. Um, but when Paul Watson got some real good minutes and he had like a really ugly block um, on uh, who was it on uh, Elise Johnson, I think. And uh, that I was like, I mean, there was only three minutes left to go, so I guess like they'd been dead for a while. But I was just like, I was more like, hell yeah, <laughs> at that point. Yeah, it was. Wait, I'm I'm just realizing this. Did Paul Watson get like a a highlight block before he got his first NBA bucket? Has he got yeah. his first NBA bucket, or just a free throw still? Just a free throw still. Yeah, he had like an assist uh, to O'Shea Brissett, and then O'Shea dunked, and uh, he had a rebound, and I think that was his full. And then the block, and that was his full stat line last night. Well, it, it, you know, it'll happen. Paul Paul Watson looks like he's got a lot of big time energy out there. So uh, I he's know um, you you've been kind of doing some uh, Raptors nine hundred five stuff. So um, you know, actually, let's just jump right into that. Um, you've been working with the Raptors for like all of February and mm-hmm. maybe a little bit before as well. Like, so yeah, can you kind of just 
maybe give the basic breakdown for anyone who's listening who, who doesn't know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, so for this season, the Raptors have had this uh, new thing where they're doing different editorial they're doing like editorial features every month. So they have like a different writer that they basically asked to come on for each month. So they asked me back in the fall and I picked February um, because I truly had designs on the all-star game. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, and also well the done. trade deadline and like February yeah. is just like, you know, it's like, I always find it a very, I don't know. It's like, it can be really jarring. It can be super heartbreaking. It can be, just like a lot always happens in this month, even though it's like usually the dead of winter in Toronto and like what a depressional seasonal slump for us, but mm-hmm. in basketball, it can be great. So no, you, you pick yeah. the best absolute month ever, like the win streak all-star and you know, all of our guys going to all-star. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, so pat yourself on the back for picking the right month. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you, you crushed it. Like you could have picked it. What? I don't know. October. Like Mm-mm. you really, you really nailed it there. Thanks man. Um, so yeah, like I pretty much started as soon as the month kicked off. I mean, I've been writing, I've been covering games now since the, like since the winter, like since December, early December, but with other outlets. Um, so to be on with the Raptors in like a full-time capacity, uh, I have to say like, it's been uh, like really fun, super rewarding, but it's been a lot of work. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm sure you must be like both like physically and mentally exhausted. Like, you know, did, was there ever a part of this? And I know the month's not over, but was there ever a part of this month where you're like, okay, I'm showing up to work. I have a pretty good idea of like how it's all going to shake out. Or has every day been like, I, I guess I'm on a plane back to Toronto now. Like this is so wild. Well, it's been like pretty formed around, I guess the wildest was probably all star just cause like I didn't, I had like warnings from friends and like, like friendly warnings, I mean, just of like what to expect and how it would be and like how chaotic. Um, And the only thing I really had to compare it to in advance was Summer League, which it turns out it's nothing like. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, that was like, All-Star was wild. Like it was so much fun, but it, it honestly took me a full week to like reconcile everything that happened. Like I only think this past weekend I was able to be like, okay, I can think of now Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and all the things that happened uh, and not just be like, what was time? Like wh- how yeah, things seriously. were together, like getting three hours of sleep every night. Cause just like the way those days were structured, it would be like, you know, there's practice or like media access in the morning. And then you've, if you've got to write, you're on deadline. So you've, you know, I would, I like definitely overcompensated for the amount of time I thought I would have not even factoring in like travel time. And the fact that like everything is spread out between like three arenas in the city. Plus if there's any like media availability at like stores or like pop-ups or like the parties, like all that kind of extra stuff. Right. Um, and then just like, yeah, being on deadline, having to file things for like every day at certain times. Um, I think like as a writer, I'm more accustomed and I like being kind of just like, I don't know. I like to just like flop around in what I'm writing and you can't do that 
when yeah. you're like on assignment with the team. I, I, that's one thing I was like super curious to ask you, like how, like the, I, I, you know, I think one would assume like the, the pace and intensity is really high in, in, in a job like this, but what's the, like, like, how are you reconciling, like in, in a situation like all-star, how are you reconciling, reconciling these kind of like all these writing deadlines versus like, I should be maybe going to this, dinner or party or meet and greet or, you know, semi networking event type thing. Like I should be visible, but also I need to be like at my computer. Mm -hmm. I mean, I try, like I try to do everything. I tried Mm -hmm. to do everything I could and I don't know if that was like smart or, but I thought for myself, like being, Oh, it's like my first all-star. I want to do as much as possible because even for myself, I know like coming out of it, I was still like, I didn't do enough, even though I yeah. did a shit ton of well, stuff. Yeah. Th- three hours but, sleep sounds like you did just that. Like yeah. you did a lot. <laughs> I mean, I think it was just like getting into a weird rhythm and the rhythm, even though the rhythm was like extremely surreal, like for example, you know, like um, I was doing these daily recaps. So I did mm-hmm. like a, a, one big feature and then I did these daily recaps every day as well um, for the Raptors. And then those could kind of spin more feverish and like fun. And then when I realized I could just sort of really lean into that and it was fine, that sort of helped. Uh, but you, it, I guess it made me better at, at getting comfortable at like letting things go to be like half asleep or like half delirious and be writing. And then just to be like, you know what? Like, this is, this is what I wrote. I'm like, this is what you're going to get today. Um, and then the weirdest thing was like not wanting to miss out on opportunities or like mm-hmm. seeing people or meeting people. So what would happen is like after every day, so the games are done, like say 10 or so. Okay. Um, and then you're like at the arena, there's like after game availability or press conferences of players, depending on like what the game is. Like with right. Rising Stars, like you could just go talk to all the rookies because they're young guys. But at the All-Star game, they're just like, they're not going to let you talk to LeBron James one-on-one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's going to like take, he's going to take like a little stage and talk to everybody. Um so then it's like if you got to file something or if you want to write, then you can write at the arena or you can like try and get on a media shuttle back to the hotel or you can like try to get an Uber, which was like a nightmare um, because it's like everyone also just trying to leave the arena who came to watch the game. So like you get back to the hotel, sometimes it's like 11, sometimes it's midnight. I would like try and file, like write so I could file and then they would have this hospitality room <laughs> in the, in like a hotel ballroom at the media hotel where I was staying every night until 2am. So I'd finish and it would be like 1am, but in your mind, you're like, Oh, I just finished work. So you're like, it's like, feels like 8pm. You're like, I'm going to go drink till four. (laughs) Yeah. And you're like, okay, I'll go downstairs to this weird dark room where there's like warm cheese cubes and like warm wine (laughs) and Ah. like pepperoni sticks with like weird, bloggers and writers and media people who like, you know, some are great, but some are pretty weird. Uh, and you're like, all right, I'll stay here, but they kick you at it too. So then at two, you kind of catch a second win. And then as you said, you're like, I guess we're going out now until four. <laughs> so time really loosened up. <laughs> and so can I ask like, you know, was there like, did you, did you feel like mostly comfortable with the Raptors? Was it like, you know, sports are like this hyper male environment. Like was mm-hmm. it, was it accommodating Were were you kind of like, Oh wow, this is like extra work for me in some scenarios. Um, you know, the only times I felt 
like the team that went down with the Raptors was super small. Like they had a couple of the regular comms people, and then it was mostly the digital team who I've been like working with all month, who okay. I like a lot, and they're nice. like pretty small and scrappy and like pretty good at what they do. Um, and then I had like other, I had like editors who I work with and like other writers and friends who were there too. So like that helped like Toronto had a pretty good like crew who kind of went down. So just like friends and colleagues have kind of met through basketball. Cool. Um, so that helped to just like stabilize things at times. Yeah. Um, the, the one time that was like a bit uncomfortable and like a little bit weird is like, at the all-star media availability. So like to go talk to both teams, it was like the Saturday morning of the weekend and they held it at like a a different arena than where the game was. But they set up these, like they almost look like picture, like in a courtroom, like the podium, a judge would sit on. Okay. This is already good. I'm picking like (laughs) now I I can only picture Anthony Davis in one of those old white wigs to carry on. Like that's, that's the only image in my head now. And now Muggsy Bose is a bailiff. (laughs) Well, they had one of these, like every player on the team set up down um, a basketball court. So it was about like, I think one, two, three, five long on either side. And then because that wouldn't fit everyone, there were two at the end kind of off the court facing away from the court. And then around that they all had backdrops. So there was like this fake back walkway Okay. That players could act like walk out from like the tunnel onto, and then they had these like stanchions, like you know this like red like Hollywood like red carpet style stanchions yeah. around the way to like get them into the booth, and then at the front of the booth. Um, and then what is even weirder is like half the like there's so many media there anyway, and like this is the day that all the media go to because it's like for a lot of places it's probably the only time they're going to have access to like all of these individual players from all these different teams in one place at one time. Right. Um, but the guys just like brought out in kind of staggered, like they brought out team Giannis and then they brought out team LeBron and then they're kind of staggered in terms of like when they come out. Cause they also like, uh, ESPN was there. Um, another broadcast was there and they have weird little booths set up off court not only are there like hundreds of media just kind of like sprawled out over what is a basketball court you're all just kind of like traipsing around on Mm -hmm. um espn and like a couple other live broadcasters are doing these like courtside fun broadcast things where they like bring the players out there to like talk to them before they bring them on the floor but then you've got all these like media people on the floor that are getting riled up waiting and it's like throwing the time off because both teams are only supposed to be on the court for 45 minutes. So that's like 45 minutes. Not, not each player will probably sit down for like 10 ish minutes. Um, but then within that 45 minutes, they've got to fit every player on that team. Uh, wow. And then to make it even more chaotic, they sell tickets to fans. So the, st- the seats are full oh and my they God. have, in court, uh, like announced, like they have like a, like a team of like hype people being like, let's check in live with so and so, and then they'll have they'll like, if there's video coverage of a player talking, they'll put it up on the jumbotron. This um, just sounds also like pure, cut away from that. Pure bedlam. <laughs> it was like this- anarchy. <laughs> yeah, it was like very like confusing and overwhelming and weird because. I also didn't say that at every podium, just to make it even more challenging, there's one single kind of shitty speaker on a stand. So if you're just there to record audio, you need to get yourself to as close to the speaker as you can. 
on the side that, that that's facing. Um, so some people are there with like full camp, like full camera crews. Some people are just writers like me who just yeah. want like audio quotes. Um, and then you've got people that now like the thing now is people record on their phones, uh, like quotes and video. Like this happens I've noticed in like post game, like scrums and locker rooms too. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's just recording on their phones. <laughs> yeah. So you get video and audio anyway. So you've got like, if you've got to angle yourself kind of close to the speaker or else you're not going to be able to hear the players because it's so loud and they're doing giveaways and they're throwing things out into the stands <laughs> and they've got the Chicago Bulls dancers. There's oh like mascots God. running around. Um, so like it, it was sort of, it was very, it was a very weird space to um, try and like get around in because the whole reason I, I was there was because I was trying to get a story about Lowry and Siakam, but not from quotes from them, but quotes from other players about them. So basically to, to make a composite of like, you know, talk about it's Lowry's sixth time in the all-star game and talk about right. like Pascal Siakam's first time in the, in the all-star game. And like, you know, so you were basically playing of them. Like you, you were playing the most difficult game of like Pokemon for basketball <laughs> all stars of all time. Yeah. So you were like, I'm going to track down the busiest, most famous people here one by one and get them to give me specific quotes. But what I haven't said is that I don't know, like in scrums, in like a regular scrum, in a controlled environment, like in an arena, you've got maybe a dozen people tops and you all kind of like, you have enough time you still have to like kind of shut your question out. And sometimes you're going to talk mm-hmm. at the same time as someone, but usually players or coaches or whoever are pretty good at like knowing who just said that and they'll come back to you. Or like if the comms, right. if a comms or PR person is there, they'll maybe like give you the, the nod afterwards. In this situation at all-star, no one is controlling it. There's at 50 to maybe, I don't know, a hundred people <laughs> yelling oh, a question God. at the same time. And or yelling people's names. But like at some point, you also have to figure for height, like I'm pretty tall, but like my head was coming up to the edge of these weird judges booths. So like they can't even see you if you're too close. And then if you're too far, they can't see you because there's people or camera equipment in front of you. So like it, at first I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. Like I'm not a non-confident person, but it's like takes a real deranged type of like confidence to thrive in that environment. But I have to say, by the end, that I was deranged. Oh my god, I <laughs> love I, this! You, so you, you just started being like, you know what? I'm gonna be deranged, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get my story. Because there's so like for me, there was a moment I that I was kind of on the precipice where it was like, uh, I'm kind of uncomfortable. But then it's like, well, what else am I gonna do? Like if I don't get these quotes, there's no story. Like I can't make up quotes or be like, oh, you know, Jimmy Butler looked like he would have some nice things to say about Kyle Lowry. This yeah, is what, yeah. this is what I imagine he would yeah, say. Trust me, they they <laughs> uh, they share some some similar opinions. I I got a good feeling about it. Mm-hmm. So I got like very bloodthirsty and really good at like contorting my body to like basically be people's backpacks or like kind of fit into spaces that weren't meant for people. Um, used a lot of tricks like with Rudy Gobert. I just started screaming, "I'm Francais!" I'm Francais! Oh my, this is amazing! Yes, I'm Francais! Oh my god! And he, I, I mean, that must have, of course, he must have been like, "Who's saying that? That's weird." 
he looked right at me and then I just kind of grinned at him and then started screaming in English. So he was like, oh, you tricked me. But he was very nice. Um, and then like everyone else, you, you just have to like scream your way over every other person screaming in that moment. And I realized the best way to do it is you end up screaming half your question over and over and over. But it's like whoever can outlast, it's a little like survivor. It's like if you can outlast the person also screaming their question, the first half of their question, and you can get through yours first. And then you get to this point where all the other voices drop out. And that's almost shocking because you're like, oh shit, I'm the only one screaming now. And everyone is so mad and like looking at me. Right. Everyone must uh, then be you win. Of, <laughs> everyone must be kind of like a bit peeved when someone does get a question through because it's kind of like you're all you're all working together, but also not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like what I would find was good, which I don't know if this is like proper etiquette, but because you would have them and they'd finish like almost waiting the exact right amount of time that they could like finish, but before anyone else got a question in to ask a follow up question, like while they're still looking at you. <laughs> Oh, that's slick. I like that a lot. <laughs> so wait, was there, so, so you, you, you got Rudy with the like on français, mm-hmm. but was there any other, like, is there any kind of, um, you know, I guess like all-star moments where you, where you had with the player where you're like, Oh man, I worked my like Katie magic and like this, it worked out. Uh, I think like, I really like Bam. I got Bam for some good stuff on Siakam, but it worked because I think he thought I had like a nervous tick. Cause I was like screaming. <laughs> this is good shit, dude. Yeah. It's like Where I like positioned myself with Bam was like directly at the side of his booth. And then from that angle, I could see the next booth over was Pascal. So I kept like motioning frantically with my chin, like up at him sharply. <laughs> and like when I would ask my question and then when I, when I got to, when I got to be the one just talking, he kind of looked at me and was like smirking a little bit. Uh, and like, I kept mentioning, like if I reference Pascal, I jet my chin again. And finally he just was like, wait, stop. And then he like placed both his hands on his judge's booth and he like turned his whole body to where I was pointing with my chin. And then he like f- jerked his head back and he was like, just grinning. <laughs> and he was like, ah, <laughs> he's like, I had no idea he was over there. And he was That's so ha- awesome. happy. Um, and then he was just like, I don't know. I think I just asked him about like, was he happy to be playing with Pascal? They both have like a similarly kind of explosive style. And then I said something about like, was he happy to like not have to play against the spin move to which everything he said, yes. But then he was like, I love Pascal. He's my African brother. I think we look alike. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 I saw, I, I heard the lookalike thing. <laughs> That is the funniest thing ever. It's it's such a funny little addition to like something serious and cool. Like my African brother and you're like, yeah. Like I, I think a lot of people were digging this kind of like, you know, subplot of like African pride in the, uh, in the all-star game. But that's hilarious to me that he threw that little one in like afterwards. It's like, plus we look like, and like, he's, a, I, he's a bit of a wild card. I don't For know sure. that they do look alike. Or, I mean, I, I guess I don't see They it, don't. Really. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. They don't. But I was like, um, okay, sure, man. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, sure, man. Um, that's funny. Uh, okay, let me ask you, like, two mm-hmm. more questions. Um just kind of like about about the month of February for you. And then uh, we'll hit up some quickish questions. Does that sound good? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so... Just like from just a very, this is just like my basketball fandom coming out. But, 
you know, when you're kind of like heading into like Scotiabank Arena, you know, to to check out a game and, you know, heading to the media area, like what is, is there anything that gave you kind of like a sense of, of glee? Like you're like, oh my God, this is like surreal. Like I'm, I'm a bit of out of a body experience or were you, you know, so hyper-focused on being like, I need to act like I've always been here. I mean, this is going to sound weird, but like it feels like both simultaneously. And it feels like even the first time I did it when I was super nervous, like before I did the Raptors month, like I went a bunch before I got the month because I wanted to get comfortable and like I wanted to get as acclimatized as possible. But I have to say, when you're doing it, you're like, oh, this is so natural. This is normal. And then you leave and it's almost like what I feel like is like I've had an out-of-body experience for like the amount of hours I've been in there. Yeah, totally. that's kind of what happened to me at All-Star 2, and the, but I feel like that's why I kind of love it and everything is so thrilling about it because it's like there isn't a moment when I'm doing it that I'm not like kind of like pushing myself or feeling a little uncomfortable, but like you just you just have to do it. Like you're just in that situation. I, I don't know. I feel like that's what that's like what it is to like get the most worthwhile stuff out of it for me. I mean, I have to say the very first time I went in and I went down to like the tunnels and I was like, Oh, it just smells like a, a hockey arena. That was, yeah, I guess it's just a, yeah, like, well, this is just a cementy type of arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and also just yeah. like, you know, when you're like waiting in the hallway and like the players from a visiting team arrive and you're just like, Oh, okay. You know, there's like Damian Lillard just past me. There's Miles Turner. There's just like it that that's kind of surreal. And if they like smile at you or like look at you and you're like, oh my god, <laughs> right? I mean, it's it's always uh, that that wild thing that I think anytime you see someone on, on camera a bunch or on social media or whatever, and then seeing them in person, it's like it's it's like it's happened to me a million times, but it's still that feeling of like, oh right, real person. Yeah, and like, it's it like. Just, I don't want it to go away. I don't think it will. And like, I guess it can normalize. I think everything normalizes to an extent at some point, but I, I, it doesn't feel like that for me. Um, And there's also this weird tunnel. I have to just say, there's this weird like little part of the tunnel in Scotiabank. That's like where they keep all the props um, and you have to pass through it to get to your seats. So it's like all the the, props. Yeah. So if there's like cutouts of, players you know sumo suits that they wrestle in if there's going to be like a game everything is just kind of strewn about but it's also where they keep all the first aid equipment so there's stretchers listen i, I don't want to like, wanna... will come in I, oh my god I, okay katie i don't want to freak out here but you need to bring me to that room like <laughs> like more than anything else i've heard like i'd love to meet everyone you know what i mean like that would be cool but at the same time is that where they bring me to this room? I just need to look. Is Dwayne it's where they keep all the signs too? Is Dwayne See, Casey's rock in there? Is that where the rock is? <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I there's also it? a lot of just like floor to ceiling curtains that are sometimes open and closed to different sections of this section of the tunnel. Um, it's extremely weird, but it's like my favorite thing in the arena because it's always different every time you go through it <laughs> oh my god i love this mystery tunnel uh okay yeah, it's a good tunnel <laughs> Here, here's here's my last kind of like you covering the raptors question and um take it whatever kind of direction you want but is there anything that you feel like the you know, the average kind of like nerdy kind of hardcore raptors fan would like to know like what's something that oh. you, you feel like oh man people don't really know this but 
Like about like logistically, yeah. Or like about like, about I, a player. I, I mean, like yeah, <laughs> less a player secret. Like Kyle, you know, sings in the shower or whatever. I mean, more so like, wow, there's like there's a lot more people. There's a lot more family with the players than you realize, or or you know, mm-hmm. they're pretty quiet during halftime, or just just anything where you kind of just an observation you had where you're like, I didn't. This isn't something I thought about, but this is interesting. There is a lot of family there. Like kid, like kids are always kind of running around, but it's usually after games. The very first time I was in a a pregame scrum, I think the room the the room that they do Nick Nurse's uh, pressers in is attached to. I think like it's either a like a daycare or where they keep kids. It's also I think where they um, keep all the little ballas before before games. Aww. So you can hear them like screaming through the wall uh, as like Nick Nurse is giving his like whether it's like a serious like pre like whatever the tone of the, the game that's is so be. cute i love that it's cute and it's like kind of funny because you're like oh this is like it's hard you can't take it too seriously um there's also a way and this is something i've only gotten this month because of where i'm sitting like my seats are different for the month i have like more primo seats basically so you right Sick. after the game when it ends if you cut across the concourse to these like media elevators that go down one floor you come out in these like little uh, more tunnels and then you basically it spits you out right in front of the raptors locker room so if you get there in time you can beat them to them coming down the tunnel after a game into the locker room and it's just like where i saw Masai last night just in this like secret little living room that was open and we like locked eyes and i almost fainted um but like huh. it's, it's where you get like the best quotes the like funniest interactions just cause they're like they're and they're usually in a good mood cause they've had such a good month. Yeah. Totally. Um, like, in my experience, but they're just like laughing, jokey and like, you know, falling off each other, like shit talking, just like having the best time. So, uh, I try and get there every time now. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. okay. Well let's, uh, let's, let me just ask you this last question. Just, uh, not so much about covering the Raptors, but how are you feeling about this Bucks game tomorrow? So this, this pod's going to come out, uh, day of the game. Day, yeah. Day of the game. Oh, I, Matt, Matt said that to me, like, uh, like he's my dad and he's told me like, we've been practicing for, uh, for an exam tomorrow. And like, you know what I mean? I just keep getting the information wrong. Day of the game. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, how are you feeling about uh, the Bucks, the Bucks Raptors matchup? Uh, I mean, on the day of the game. Day of the game. Day of the game. Um, not great, but like you know, I guess I can look at it two ways. You know, they could either pull it out and win, because again, I don't think it's so impossible. I know it's the Bucks right now, or I have also of the mind that things have been going so well that it might not be the worst thing to get like. It's one thing to like blow the Pacers out in the third game you've played against them in one month. It's another thing I think to get like really decimated by a team like the Bucks in terms of like truly, truly looking at the ways you may need to recalibrate the team, especially right. to like the last part of the regular season. Um, and just the kind of things that like, why not resolve them now versus like waiting until the postseason? You know what I mean? 
Yeah, Nick uh, um, Nick said in an interview, um, I heard your voice. I know you're there, but he, he was kind of talking about uh, it's kind of cool that we actually get to play the Bucks three times in this, uh, you know, this this 27 games after the All-Star uh, All-Star weekend because they're, they're all measuring sticks like the Bucks are the Bucks are the team that are approaching 70 wins. So it's a pretty perfect team to play to, you know, look inwards, especially after. You, you just destroy a team like the Pacers, who, who yes, you might play in the playoffs, but it's hard to figure out anything from that game except that we are way better than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think, like, you know, you got to take into consideration team's still not fully healthy, um, that we've got, like, we've gotten pretty good and proud of ourselves at, like, the weird rotational lineups Um that like the Raptors have been able to get into and like do very well with. But when you're looking at a team like the Bucks, and I, I mean, Nick Nurse said this too, it's just like there's, and I think for a little while I was kidding myself about it, but I thought about it more and was like, damn, he's right. They're more, they have like way more depth, way more experience. They're on this like role right now. They're just, they're a completely different team than they were when the Raptors faced them uh, mm-hmm. in the playoffs, which like they didn't freak me out then. And I guess to be honest, like the Bucks in a series that's different than the Bucks in one, a one game. Like, um, I think series, they're harder. And, like, it takes, you know, you just play it game by game. But to just, like, take one game on, on them, especially on, when they're on this, like, regular season roll, I think will be pretty tough. So Yeah, I think so. I, I don't I th- know. Are we ready for, like, a good leveler? I don't know. And I don't know how hard this team is looking for like a measuring stick. Like I, I don't know if they, I can't tell if the players are having fun and confident that they're the best team or if they're, they're kind of wanting this statement type of game. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and you know, just to like uh, about your kind of comments about the bucks being so good this year. I think it's, I think it's, it's lost on the, the larger kind of like NBA, you know, like the, the, the NBA talking heads that get the most airtime just like how devastatingly good this Bucks team is. And, you know, them choking in the playoffs was losing to an eventual champion. You know, they played us incredibly harder than, you know, the, the Warriors or and they didn't play us mm-hmm. harder than the Sixers. But I think even just, you know, watching the highlights of that series again, it's yes, the Raptors tactically took them down and we won four in a row and it was so exciting, but that team was incredible and they're incredible this year as well. And I, I, I mean, I think I'm a bit in the minority in this camp, but I think Giannis has been the best player in the world for the last two years, including when we beat him in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot of people are kind of in the LeBron train and, uh, and Kawhi, which obviously is super fair, but for me, Giannis is just the scariest player to play. And I think, you know, he didn't lose so much as we beat him. That's the way you, I see it. You know what's, like, scary about him, too, is that as good as he is now, and I think this is what makes him the scariest player, is he's only going to get better. <laughs> I know. Like, he has a couple more years of getting better. It's uh, insane. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, okay. You know what? Let's not be scared, though. Things are good. Um, can can I good trouble? To be no, this sometimes, is, right? Okay. It's yeah, and push the, yourself. You got to look forward to these games, though. You know, like these are the two top teams. This is what you want to see. You want to see the yeah. best going at it. Anyway, you know what? Yeah, yeah. You you know think, what? We <laughs> can't be afraid of these guys. Come on, exactly. That Zamboni driver, freaking champions for the, for the 
the Carolina Hurricanes the other day. Like he, he must have been terrified. Yeah. And, and you know, he, I would. How is that person not even scared of like just the speed of the sport? You know what I mean? Oh my like, god! Like I think if I was ever, if someone was like Freddie, the Raptors need you. Like I would tear my ACL on the very first play. It would be horrific. Like, but um. Anyways, let's uh, let's get silly and do some quickish questions. You want to do some quickish questions, Katie? Yeah, man. Okay, uh, Maddie, fire up those quickish cues. Quickish questions. Okay, Katie, you know how this works. Um, it's a little bit different this time because I asked Jarrett some of these questions, uh, and I'm going to ask you the same questions, uh, but it's going to be less of a rotating thing. So it's going to be they're, com- they're going to come at you quicker than ever. Is that cool? Oh no! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> quicker in like my stuttering quicker way. You know? questions. Yeah, yeah. Qu- yeah qu- quicker questions. Still s- slow, Freddie brain. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. Uh, coming from Kevin, would you keep Surge in the starting lineup when Mark comes back? Mm, yes. Coming from Thomas, how many minutes should Terrence Davis get to play in the playoffs? Thirty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty-seven. Uh, coming from Kevin, what are some first drafts of wacky coaching strategies that Nick Nurse didn't end up trying? Oh, like as a joke? Um, yeah, like you know, like <laughs> oh, he did the box his gigantor, one. his gigantor lineup. The Gigantor yes. lineup, um, which could be uh, Boucher, Siakam, Ibaka, uh, 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 Mark. Uh, Mark, and Rondé. That would be the best day of my life, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, other than seeing the magical props room. Um, <laughs> okay, I uh, come from Jonathan. Follow along on this one. It was revealed that during the MLB offseason, Madison Bumgarner was entering and winning rodeo competitions under an assumed name. Which NBA player can you picture doing something like this? What would be their offseason activity and what would their assumed name be? Uh, oh, that's really good. Um, I know. This guy's cool, right? Yeah, this is a good <laughs> question. Uh, I feel like I could see... This, for some reason, makes me just think of the Miami Heat, and I feel like Jimmy Butler could be into free diving. Um, <laughs> yeah, he does those long YouTube videos where it's like, oh my God, he's been underwater for like four minutes. Yeah, where he's just like, I just love the feel of the ocean pressing against my body <laughs> when I go down into this chasm. Um, and I feel like his his name would just be like, Jim Jim Breather or like Jimmy Bubbles or something. <laughs> Jimmy Bubbles. Jimmy Bubbles. Jimmy oh God, Bubbles. But Jim Breather is almost funnier because <laughs> it's weird. It's like uh, Jim Breather. What do you do? It's like you don't want to know, bud. Um, and I can see like Bam Bam Adebayo being in like a I don't know like a competitive like salsa competition, salsa <laughs> dancing. Oh, I can see that for sure. Um, okay, uh, another one from Jonathan, and, and this is fun. Uh, I actually don't know the incident he's talking about, so if you don't either, just make something up. Okay. Um, so Jonathan says, uh, which NBA player slash prospect will pull a Reese McGuire next preseason in the parking lot of the Halifax Dollarama? Maybe not the exact same indiscretion, but what other bad decision will they make? This is just, to me, this is just who's going to, who who could I picture like roaming around Halifax or Dartmouth after dark, basically. That's right. right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, He's on a mm-hmm. donair hunt, right? Yeah, yeah. Who's on a donair hunt? <laughs> oh, oh, wait. I sorry. I know this is like semi quick, but I have to. Um, it's gonna be someone on the Pelicans because I know someone on the Pelicans was addicted to beignets. Beignets. What's what? The f- you know That's the food? It's yeah, like no, a I know, I, I, pastry. No, I know the food is delicious. Okay. Um, but who was it? Someone was like it getting addicted to them in the summer. I should Lon- know this. Lonzo? Brandon Ingram? <laughs> I think it was Josh Hart. Josh Hart. So I love it. Actually, no. You know what? I'm changing my answer completely. It's JJ Reddick. <laughs> I'm looking Ooh. at his dirty face now, and I it's him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. JJ Reddick for sure is like He's going to the dark side. Oh, totally. He's just like, (laughs) like he's like somehow driving a cab and you're like, whoa, what's going on? He's there already. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Okay. Uh, Another one from Jonathan. Um, We've heard so much about the Confederacy of Dunks toques. We talk about them a lot. But what about Confederacy of Dunks scarves? Any plans for scarves? Katie, there's no way you'd know this, but please answer. Yes. Yes. We plan for scarves, says Katie. Okay. This one's uh, coming from Jess. For Katie, well, that makes sense. Which potential playoff <laughs> matchup would you be the most excited to cover in the second round, assuming it's one of Boston, Miami, or Philly? Miami. Ooh, Miami, yes. Let's get it uh, sizzling. Miami, sizzling nights. <laughs> sizzling nights, baby. Hey. <laughs> uh, coming from Andre, which player would improve the most if they became much taller? <laughs> oh, no, that's a solid question. <laughs> Do you know what, though? Not many of them would because I think it would throw off their balance a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Like, um, and like things like speed and just like center of gravity. Um, hmm. You know what? I'm going to say Marc Gasol because he's already big. So if he got bigger, he would just be like stomping around like oh, a God. gigantic. He was like breaking in half. Like That'd the be- baby and honey, I blew up the baby or whatever. I could see Marcus Old being like ten foot and being like, "How this guy's wild!" Like he barely yeah. moves, but he's always like taking charges. Um, <laughs> he would look the same somehow. Also from Andre, see if you can follow the theme. Okay. Which player would be most effective if they suddenly became much shorter? <laughs> Yeah, I can follow the theme. This one is less tough, but I think you you would have to deal with a lot of um like sudden uh, mental complexes, like short guy complexes. Right. It'd be tough. Um, so in that vein, and in the vein of my similar answer to my last question, I'm going to go ahead and shrink further Chris Paul, because I think he'd be able to handle it. <laughs> That's an F five foot Chris Paul. He's like, the stats are still the same. Yeah, or better. <laughs> um, okay, two more questions. Uh, another one from Andre. What's a traditional, or sorry, what's a tradition or rule from other sports that you would like to integrate into the NBA? Oh, um, I didn't know about that Zamboni rule. Yeah, no, the emergency backup. Like that's it, pretty cool. It made me first. It made me really mad because I didn't understand it, and I was like, <laughs> "Why does the other team have to provide it?" Like, yeah, there's a lot going on. Uh, and it just seems like a rule that someone made up when they were like drunk, or I guess you run out of players in hockey, but something like that. I've it's really warmed very up to. strange. Yeah, yeah, I've warmed up to it in, in basketball, um, but I don't know what the parameters would be. I would think it. I I would rather prefer it instead of playing because you could really hurt yourself. Uh, how about coaching? You could sub in a, a player if like maybe if like Nick Nurse gets teed up. 
um, a player has to take over. Oh <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, okay, last uh, last Even question. No, there's all those assistant coaches just waiting. I know. I was gonna <laughs> yeah. say like, like, Jamal McGlure would be like, "This really hurts." I'm both, <laughs> and you guys totally skip me. Um, okay, last question from Brian. Uh, who is your defensive player of the year, and why is it Jimmy Butler? <laughs> I love this question <laughs> because I love Jimmy Butler. So it's <laughs> that's. That's all I could say, Jimmy Bubbles. Folks, there you have it, Jimmy Bubbles. Wait, what's the other one? Jim Breather. Jim Breather. Jim Breather. Jim Breather. You don't want to meet someone named Jim Breather. They're scary. Yeah, he and like you don't want to meet someone like him when when you're running up uh, trying to do something crafty on offense. Jim Breather's going to stop you dead in your tracks. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, so uh, that's it. That's it for the pod. Um, Katie, thank you so much. Uh, Thanks yeah. for having me back. Yeah, you're the best. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry it took so long. And thanks for like <laughs> doing this pod in the probably the most wild, busy month of your life. I appreciate it a lot. It's okay. I like it. Uh, okay. You do so much. You're everywhere. Basketball feelings for sure. Um, where should people, how, how should they support you best? Because you deserve all the support in the world. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, Basketball Feelings. Please subscribe to my newsletter, Basketball Feelings, on Substack. Um, you can listen to a new podcast. I started with a group of women, so it's like a rotating um, cast of women hosts, and we just like t- talk about basketball in fun and also very smart ways. Uh, it's That's called awesome. Dishes, Dishes and Dimes. You can Dishes subscribe. and Dimes. You can subscribe um, anywhere that there are podcasts, probably the same ones that you guys plug. Player FM. Oh, I don't know if we have that one. <laughs> I see that. Matt, you got to have Player Damn. FM. Stumped. iTunes, um, Stitcher, all that good stuff. But yeah, you could subscribe, uh, like, rate, review it if you like it and want to rate it and review it. Uh, what else? I don't know. I'll be going back to writing uh, more long-form features for Dime once this month is up. So you could look for me there. But I, I guess probably the best way is if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, I'm at whatevs, W-T-E-V-S. And that's where I'm posting. I'm trying to remember to post everything. Yeah. Katie is amazing on Twitter, by the way. Um, just support her. And, and yeah, it's you're awesome, Katie. Uh, I really, really appreciate you being on the show. And, uh, yeah, this is, this is cool. This was cool. All right. Sweet. Well, uh, I'll, I guess I'll see you later. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, Jimmy Jimmy Bubbles. <laughs> yeah, J- Jimmy Bubbles. Yeah, if if anyone if anyone of the three of us encounters someone named Jim Breather, Breather, run the I other guess, way. Yeah, run the other way, but also message the others because I think yeah. it's like a ring thing. You know what I mean? Like, like you gotta you gotta check in and be safe. Yeah, like, and then we, we can't meet up. You know what I mean? Like, we have to like go our separate ways from each other, even because I think at that point you're on the run and Jimmy is breathing after you. <laughs> Uh, okay, cool. Well, uh, have have a good night. On that note, I'm gonna have on, on the Jimmy Breather note. <laughs> there it is. It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast.